All right, welcome back to the Conehead Sports Podcast. Uh, another, I mean, basically now with my co-host. I mean, it seems like Mr. Braden ne- Nevus. Nevu, Nevu. There you go. There you go. It's good to have you on. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, I feel like I'm now like the most reoccurring guest. I like it. <laughs> it's it's probably you're getting there. It's or out there right now. But yeah, it's great to have you back. We had a, I mean, we haven't had a podcast. It's been a while. We got some personal things going on, but we are back, uh, and we have a pretty loaded show to talk about. With not, there's a lot going on, but the Super Bowl will post the Super Bowl, and then also the UK game that happened yesterday. But um, so we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll just hop into it, and oh, we'll actually let's start with um, Kentucky's about to get a. Uh, a pretty big snowstorm. Have you been seeing that? Uh, yeah, and thankfully for me, I, like, I don't have to go anywhere. So, like, but I wish we had more food in the house. But other than <laughs> that, you know, I mean, we went through this. What was the big, like, the last big ice storm? Was it oh nine? Is is that right? It's it's been a while. Yeah, it's definitely like, been a while. We were definitely younger, so like we don't remember it as well. But the way they talk about it. We're going to be not snowed in, but iced in for a few days. So, yeah, I'm ready for it. So they've already called off school. I mean, I've been back in school two days since since in the last two weeks. So I don't see us having school the rest of this week. Um, But, no, it's how everybody's talking about it. It doesn't seem like you're allowed to leave the house because it does look like it's about to get – it's raining right now, I think, a little bit, and then it's supposed to – Go right from that to to ice, and my entire windshield this morning was frozen. Uh, but did you do the thing where you're supposed to like flip your windshield wipers out so like so they don't freeze to the windshield? I've always been told you're supposed to do that. Um, I don't do that. I just kind of, I just kind of deal with it. Um, if if they they haven't ever frozen, just my windshield likes to freeze, but yeah. my windshield wipers, they're usually cool, but I was supposed to get new tires today and went to Walmart, and I guess they were booked. Uh, so hopefully I'm getting new tires tomorrow, so at least I know I'm getting something to help me on the road. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Uh, I probably need new tires too. Like I might see you tomorrow. <laughs> we might be at Walmart at the same time. Yeah. But uh, we'll get right into the, I mean, the Super Bowl. Talk about from – I've never in my lifetime, or it's been a while, I've seen a Super Bowl so one-sided. Is that pretty accurate besides, I mean, all of them have been relatively close. I mean, last year was the 49ers and the Chiefs kind of went down to the wire. The year before that with the Rams and the the Patriots, I think, before was that? Yeah. Um, But, I mean, have you seen a Super Bowl this lopsided? And it's been a long time. The last time that I can think of a Super Bowl that was this just one-sided was the Seahawks-Broncos in 20 – was it 14? I, th- I think it was the year before Manning – or no, it wasn't 2014 because that was Seahawks-Patriots. So it must have been 2013 uh, where uh, it was Russell Wilson's first or second season and they just came out and killed the Broncos 43-8. to Do you remember that? I think – I don't – I feel like that's when I was more like – not as a big fan right of the NFL it's more still basketball well like of course like we were like a lot younger then but I remember uh there was a lot of hype going into that game because you know the Broncos 
you know, had a good defense and, or, you know, they had Peyton Manning and, uh, yeah. and then, uh, that was the Legion of Boom years with the Seahawks, and they just came out and absolutely took it, uh, took it to the Broncos. So that's the that's the last Super Bowl that I can remember that was this lopsided. I mean, like right out the gate, it looked like it was going all towards the Bucks, and it looked like the Chiefs had no chance. And I mean, we'll talk about Patrick Holmes and this and that, but like, I don't know. I can't remember the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs. I can't remember what his name is. Or the, uh, for the for the Chiefs. Yeah. Um. I think I have Steve, I have his I have his picture in my head, but I cannot remember his name. Is it Steve Spagnola? Is is that right? That might that might be right. I, I, I think that's right. Like, don't hold me to it, but I'm pretty sure it's Steve Spagnola. Let me see right here. It is. Yeah, it is. Okay. Okay. They. I mean. Their defense didn't play terrible, but for the Chiefs through this entire year, it was definitely one of their top five worst games of defense. And you finally see what the Chiefs' weaknesses are. And you haven't really seen that in a while. It's kind of – and I didn't really think this is what it was going to be. It's their O-line. Their O-line played so, so, so bad. I saw a stat that Patrick Mahomes, like, ran – the ball for 500 yards, like just running around. Did you see that? I saw that stat too. I mean, to give, you know, not to make excuses, but I mean, to be fair for the Chiefs, you know, they were missing their, I think it was their top two tackles, uh, mm-hmm. left and right tackle, and they were missing another uh, offensive line starter. I can't remember what exactly what position, but I, I mean, j- just the pure domination of the Buccaneers just getting to Mahomes. And the crazy – I know you said we'd get to Mahomes in a minute. But, I mean, Mahomes was still given his, you know, his <laughs> opportunities to make plays. That was the crazy oh, yeah. part about it. Shaq, Barrett, and Pierre Paul. I mean, you you think of – if you watch if you watch the game, I mean, the stats don't really speak for themselves with Patrick Mahomes. He didn't have a touchdown – but if you watch it, he was on one leg, flying sideways, got it to the receiver, and they dropped it. Or he'd give it to Chris Godwin. Like, he literally was, like, falling backwards, like, to the left, just threw it up, and it literally was in Chris Godwin's hands in the end zone, but he was a little bit out of bounds. Yeah. that That's, like, insane. And, and, and then the very next play, once again, he was falling to the ground, and he just, like, he was mid-fall, and he was falling forwards. And he just flicked his wrist, and it was in the end zone, and it uh, bounced off the receiver's helmet. I mean, just some of the passes he was making, uh, even when he was under duress, was very impressive. And, I mean, he had two interceptions, two or three, and both of them were either off the receiver's hands or one of them was knocked down right into the other team's hands. So, I mean, he obviously – some passes weren't the best, but – a lot of it was not on him, but his receivers just looked like they weren't getting open. He had no line. So, in my opinion, I don't look at Patrick Holmes any differently. No, I you? no, I don't either. Uh, you know, I, I know we didn't get to have our pre-Super Bowl show, but if we had, one of my main things that I was going to say was is I think this Super Bowl was really – everything to gain and nothing to lose for both guys 
because Tom Brady's sure. legacy is set in stone. And to me, uh, you know, not that he needs excuses, but Mahomes had plenty of excuses going into this game. And then the the uh, whole Coach Reed's son getting in, which I don't know if, if we'll get into that or not, but mm-hmm. uh, his son being involved in that accident, I, I really do think that had a mental impact on this game. Um, you know, not saying that they would have won otherwise because, you know, it was just a pure domination on uh, lines of scrimmage. But mm-hmm. I, I think that definitely had some sort of impact. I think I think you're right. I feel, I mean, coming into this game, there was a good amount going wrong for the Chiefs, and it kind of was all going towards the Bucks. I mean, you were right. Tom Brady had nothing to lose. They're, I mean, you could say they're kind of playing with house money. And it kind of looked like it, but the Chiefs just didn't. They they have looked so unstoppable this entire year, except when they lost to the Raiders. Which I mean, John Gruden will be John Gruden until the day he dies. But <laughs> it it just didn't look like the Chiefs, and I think the Chiefs will be back. I don't think there's any stopping that offense. I think they're still gonna run through teams, and I just feel like it was a bad game, just a bad game overall for them. Yeah, and the the Bucks took advantage. Yeah, like, I agree with that. I mean, obviously, I think the Chiefs will be back too. But you know, I will say this: it seems like you know they've gone AFC title game, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. I I do think it's going to get harder for them to get back to this point because you have the Bills, who are you know an up and coming young team. You have the Browns, who are an up and coming young team. Uh, the Dolphins. Uh, pending what happens this offseason, they could be really good. Uh, mm-hmm. Colts, if they can go get a quarterback, they can be really good. So I think there are a lot of teams in the AFC that are, you know, kind of on the rise, and I think it's going to be a lot tougher for the Chiefs. But overall, I still think they'll be there. I don't think the AFC is as a crap fest as it used to be. When I feel like Tom – I don't know why. I feel like Tom Brady going to the NFC literally has opened the AFC to so many more possibilities. Have you seen that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, you just look at the past decade. It's been mainly Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. and then It's been Brady, Mahomes, and Manning who have represented the AFC. And now, obviously, Brady – or did I say NFC? I meant to say AFC. Uh, but, um, you know, it's been Manning – Mahomes and Breeze, who have represented the AFC, and now obviously Manning's gone and Brady's gone, so that opens the door for a lot of other teams to take that spot. And I think the I think the Bills definitely will be back to where they were. I feel like the Bills saying that is definitely. I mean, if you look at it now, I mean, you could now put in if the Chiefs lost and putting different teams against the Bucks, putting the Browns against the Bucks. If they would have, I would like that. Obviously, <laughs> I th- I'm thinking like the Bills would have been a better matchup for the Bucks, and I feel like even the Browns would be a better matchup than the Bucks. But the, the Chiefs just had a bad day overall, and I haven't heard Andy Reid say anything of anything on the social media yet. I don't, but I mean, I don't really know what happened. I was watching the game and I couldn't figure out. But now we'll go to the side of the Bucks. Their defense was elite. Their pass rushing, I mean, absolutely could not be stopped. Um, Their secondary. And I feel like Winfield, did you like what he did? Or we feel like that was bad? 
Listen, I was totally fine with it. Like, if, <laughs> if, if, if Tyreek Hill gets to do that when he scores a touchdown, you know, then Winfield gets to return the favor when he picks him or picks off Mahomes to clinch the Super Bowl. So, I'm uh, fine with it. For, for anybody who didn't see it uh, back in, what, week three maybe? Uh, was it? No, no. Well, it was a lot. So, like, it was week 12, I think. Really? It was that early? Well, like you're, you're talking about the Chiefs Bucks game, like in the regular yeah. season, right? I'm pretty sure that was Week Twelve. Regular season. I'm looking this up because I don't want to get it wrong. Yeah, but I don't really. Yeah, I'm it was November November 29th. Okay. That's week. That was week eleven. All right, oh, so okay. we were close, or you know, you know, we were relatively close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll take it. So. Tyreek Hill, I guess beat I guess Antoine Winfield, I think is his name. Yeah. He beat him and then he threw up the peace sign going by him. So obviously he took offense to that, like most people would. And so when he got the ball, he like I don't think he intercepted. I think he like just slapped the ball down from Tyreek Hill on a play in the Super Bowl and then put the peace sign right up in his face. <laughs> Kinda Saying, all right, well, I, I, I kind of won this battle, and I thought that was hilarious. I feel like if if Tyreek can do it and not get in trouble, then I mean, Winfield did get a penalty, but I was definitely okay with what he did. Yeah, I, I mean, Tony Romo got upset, which I was kind of surprised. I feel like Romo would, you know, he's a former quarterback. I feel like he would have been a little bit more open to that, and I don't think it was like, you know, it wasn't anything that was malicious. I feel like it was just, you know, a playful thing he did back at, you know, Tyreek Hill because he does it. So, I didn't see any problem with it. For sure. Um, trying to think of more about the Bucks. So, I mean, Tom Brady now has more Super Bowls by himself than any franchise in NFL history. I don't know why he didn't retire. I mean, where do you go from here? You know what I'm saying? I don't know where he can – I don't know what is left for him to take. Well, I mean, I guess more money. Um, I mean, <laughs> he, you know, he, he would get money anyway. Uh, yeah. I'm sure he's got a long career ahead, ahead of him and, you know, broadcasting or whatever he wants to do. And, of course, his wife makes more money than him anyway. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I, I think at this point he's just doing it to have fun. And, I mean, he's in Tampa – Obviously, Florida, so it's not like he's in New England where it's cold. So I feel like as long as he feels like he can be the best version of himself, I think he'll keep going. Tell me that past the Gronk, two touchdowns from him to Gronk wasn't one of the coolest things ever. I mean, they those guys have been doing it for so long. And are I would still put uh, George Kittle and – I would maybe put Kelsey above. I don't know. We had this conversation a few weeks ago. I don't know where you'd put Gronk. I, I would put Gronk probably f- like current day right now. Yeah. Uh, probably fourth, honestly. I would put him behind uh, Kittle, and this is in no particular order. Kittle, Kelsey, and Waller in some sort of order. Uh, and, of course, Gronk showed his value. He's still – He's still, you know, very capable of being a tight end number one on a Super Bowl winning team. But he's definitely, I mean, he's still 
a really good tight end. He he is, and I feel like that that combo from him from Gronk from Tom Brady to Gronk never gets old. And it was it was honestly kind of funny seeing Gronk get that first touchdown of the Super Bowl because I didn't ever think that was gonna happen. But that um, Mike Evans and I feel like Mike Evans is one of the most selfish receivers in the entire NFL. From I feel like when Tom Brady is going in, I feel Mike Evans is like, "This is my time to shine." We have an actually a good quarterback. And I don't know how many targets he got this year, but it definitely wasn't any compared to the last two to three years that he has been seeing. And he even told Bruce Arians, he said, I'll, I'll take less money if that means we can keep this team together. And I feel like that's really unselfish for a team that definitely looked good enough to go back to the Super Bowl next year. Yeah, I mean, and I would put Chris Godwin in that category as well. Um, you know, he had a breakout year last year. And uh, he even, you know, let Tom Brady have his number. Uh, and it, the funny thing was, in the Super Bowl, Evans and Godwin didn't really do much. I mean, not at all. It was, uh, <laughs> it was a whole lot of Gronk and uh, Leonard Fournette, and you know, guys who weren't even on the team last year. So, like, I mean, there wasn't a single Buccaneers player that scored a touchdown that was on the team last year. So, like, I, I, I found that funny. Um, Leonard Fournette looked like he wanted to run everybody over every time he got the ball. Did you see that? Yeah, and 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 then after the game on social media, I mean, he, I, you want to talk about a guy who's really feeling himself right now? <laughs> He's tweeting about playoff Lenny and Lombardi <laughs> Leonard, or like he's coming up with all these names to name himself after he won the Super Bowl. It's funny. It was, I mean, for. Bucks fans and Tom Brady fans, it was definitely a good game. But, I mean, for people who just enjoy watching football, it wasn't that good of a game because there was no doubt in my mind that after the first quarter, the Bucks were kind of going to win that after they shut Mahomes down to three points. But then I was like, the Chiefs always come back. But then the Chiefs never came back. I was – Yeah, I mean, that was – yeah, that was – Kind of the mindset I had too at halftime. I mean, like it was still close, or you know, it was still within two possessions. And I thought, you know, this is what the Chiefs do. You know, like they'll come back and like this will be a game down to the wire. And then they just didn't. I mean, it was something that you haven't really seen in you know the Mahomes Reed era in Kansas City. But to me, this was the most boring Super Bowl that I ever. <laughs> and, and, and I thought the Rams. Patriots Super Bowl was boring, but but at oh, least yeah. it was close. You know, like you know, down the stretch it was close. But this mm-hmm. game was over. To me, this game was over about halfway through the third quarter. It, it seemed like the Chiefs just didn't have it in them. Yeah, I I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, how did you uh, how did you like the halftime performance? Okay, I have to. <laughs> I did not watch the halftime show. You didn't. Uh, Interesting. No, because as soon as halftime came on, like I went in the other room and called my dad to talk about the first half. So yeah. t- to be fair, I didn't watch the halftime show, and I haven't really gone back to watch it. But from what I've seen on social media, it seems like older people hated it and younger people enjoyed it, which is to be expected, I guess. But, it, I mean, from what I saw, he – 
he put as much effort into it as he could. So props to him on trying to make it good. But in a, you know, COVID type year, like I can understand why it may not have been as good as a past halftime show. That's for sure. But I feel like the weekend, I mean, if you didn't know what you were looking at, then it was definitely very weird. But if you could kind of, if you looked, it was uh, his, basically his entire career, like he kind of made it go through. It, it was very, very weird, especially because of the helmet, like the masks that they were, were supposed to represent like his uh, face surgery or something. And it just looked like something it shouldn't look like. It looked very, very bad. But then you're like looking like, oh, okay, that's what it is. But it was a very uh, interesting my TV is going crazy. It was a very interesting halftime show, but I mean, anything else about that game we could talk about? Uh, I mean, as far as a halftime show, I mean, it looked like his dancers just went into the Bucks locker room and went and got in, like, went and got into the equipment closet. But, um, but as far as the game, uh, really, I think it was a, a, to me, it was a lot of mental lapses in the Chiefs that you just don't really see that often. I mean, you know, the the Tyran Matthew and Tom Brady altercation and, and, like, all the penalties they got. Oh. You know, may or may not have been penalties, you know, whatever. But, I mean, it was just a very undisciplined game, which is not what you expect out of the Chiefs. We'll talk about – let's talk about that Tyron Matthew thing. Nobody knows what Tom Brady said to him, but I guess Tom Brady said something first, and then Tyron Matthew took offense. And I've never seen Tom Brady that mad ever. And I, I kind of knew from then, I'm like, yeah, that wasn't a good idea. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to figure out like a time I've seen Tom Brady more mad than that there was- Tyron Matthew. Like, he usually doesn't talk back. Right. As far as towards other opponents, uh, I can't think of a time where he's ever been that mad. But I do remember a couple years ago, um, I think it was a game against the Bills. He came off the field and went to the sideline and got into it with uh, Josh McDaniels over uh, over a play or a series or something like that. And he was yelling at him and kind of got in his face. So that's really the only other time I can remember him getting that you know vocal and upset about what's going on in the game like tom brady was actively trying to go for tyron matthew i thought that was i was like hey uh you don't do that and then from that point on tom brady went at tyron matthew and then tom brady won even though i feel like tyron matthew is like a top three uh safety in the league yeah like he's not like people i don't know if people understand he's tyron matthew is good the honey badger is what they called him at lsu he is good and tom brady just he whipped him up. Yeah, and speaking of Honey Badger, shout out to, you know, uh, UK football former Honey Badger Mike Edwards for winning a Super Bowl ring. And he was the uh, he was the guy that tipped the pass that uh, I think it was Winfield uh, caught the interception. Uh, it was the third quarter, maybe the fourth, I don't remember. But Edwards was the one that tipped that ball. Oh yeah, I th- I think I heard so about that, and I feel like, I mean, Mike Edwards. If you remember that, uh, I'm gonna try to find it. That picture of like him, Josh Allen, Benny Snell, and Cash Daniel all walking onto the field. Do you know what picture I'm talking onto the Florida? Yeah, field. Like I remember what you're talking about. Uh, like at the swamp. Yeah, 
where it's that's that's the game that we went down there and actually won and uh we snapped the drought is that that might have been the same year yeah i'm i'm pretty sure that's the game huh but i'm trying to find that picture because that is one of the coolest pictures and if i don't find it i'll never find it and then this is this is how my brain works if i won't find it now (laughs) i'll never find it and it's definitely here i mean that you know that picture and you know and then after the game the cash daniel stone cold steve austin clinked the bottles together and you know chug the water you know those moments were two of the more iconic moments in the stoops era at kentucky kentucky's not looking um that's a good segue right into kentucky basketball (laughs) that's Uh, unfortunate that very very unfortunate i mean kentucky got a huge transfer from penn state their quarterback that's i don't know how good this guy is i've never really seen him play but I mean, Penn State quarterback, um, not too shabby. Uh, but we'll talk about. Oh my gosh, where is this photo? You still can't find it. I know where like my photos are for like sporting events because I kind of save them all at the same time. And usually they're in a cluster. Okay, we'll, we'll find well, it. Well, why we find it? Uh, as far as that quarterback goes, uh, Will Levis. Uh, like I haven't really seen much of him either, but I did see a TikTok of him throwing the ball. And oh, yeah. it looked like his it looked like the ball was coming out of one of those like machines where you put it in and, like the two I don't even know what they're called like the two wheels spin and like yeah. and like the football shoots out and like it's like on a bullet. I mean, it looks like he's got an arm, which is, you know, nice cuz we haven't really had a strong armed quarterback since it feels like ever. But and I don't think he's, you know, going to win the job yet because he's not coming in the spring. But once he gets here in the fall, I think I think it'll be between him and Bo Allen because I think yeah. Wood's going to transfer. That's my little hot take. Who's the last one? Who'd you say? Uh, like, I think the job will come down to Bo Allen and Will Levis, and then I think once – they name who the starter is. I think that Joey Gatewood will transfer. Joey Gatewood. I, I thought you said something else. I was like, that's – yeah, because Nick Scalzo already said he's transferring. I don't think Joey Gatewood's very good at all. I mean, they they kept trying to relate him to Cam Newton, but that just was, wasn't was at it. That, that wasn't it at all. It's only because he went to Auburn and, you know, and, and he wore the number two and he was tall. I mean, that, yeah. Cam Newton was the NFL MVP. And a Heisman Trophy, a Heisman Trophy winner. So, like, to just come out and compare him to Cam Newton was kind of ridiculous. <laughs> but I mean, you're looking, and they got a, we got Wando Robinson. You're looking at Kentucky next year, and you're thinking eight wins. I, I think eight wins is probably the safe bet. But I could see another nine, ten win season if everything goes right. That's. I their schedule our schedule just came out didn't it for football, yeah like and and it's pretty favorable to be honest. I just I hate getting my hopes up just to have them splattered shattered you know what I'm saying yeah I mean uh, I, <laughs> this year in football and basketball and obviously that was not the right move. So we'll get into basketball now. Uh, Kentucky is like five and twelve. I don't that's not the actual record, but. 
UK basketball. Let me find this. I wish I had these stats. Basketball. UK basketball. They are five and thirteen. Oh, it's worse than I thought. Five and thirteen. Um we're playing for the tournament. SEC tournament. Um wouldn't it kind of be funny if Kentucky made the tournament as like five and like five and I think Kentucky schedule what's you know what? We'll look at these next few games for Kentucky. Okay. Right. And you you tell me we have six six games left. Okay. Okay. Auburn. You know what? I'll I'll say win. Win. Okay. I think that could be a win too. We only lost by seven last time. It wasn't that big. Uh, Vandy. Win. I think we win. Even uh, did we beat them last time? Yes. Yeah. Only by three. I don't know. That could also be a loss. I'm gonna I say mean, win. You know, we gotta take this with a grain of salt. We, we could lose all of these too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's not a there's not a single game that I feel totally confident about. So th- this is just you know a, a hopeful guess. So I'm gonna say win. What did you say? Win. Okay, Kentucky, Tennessee, loss. I'm gonna say loss too. Even though they didn't even look that good when we played them, I'm gonna say loss. Uh, number sixteen in the nation as of right now, Kentucky, Texas A&M, win. So that brings us to seven wins. Seven wins. If 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 this happens, Kentucky, Florida, loss. We did blow them out last time, and they're a lot better than when we blow them out. So that's seven and fifteen. Kentucky, Mississippi, is it or home or away? It is Kentucky at. It is. We are there. Uh, at Nine p.m. Win. Yeah, I'll say win. Okay, so current. Oh my gosh, Kentucky has never been this low in the standings, ever. <laughs> gosh, that's embarrassing. But it's okay. So now we'll talk about. We'll just we'll post game. We'll post uh, the Arkansas game that just happened, and then talk about a little about what the future holds for this team. And it's John Calipari's birthday. Shout out John Calipari. Happy birthday. For sure. Um, so this game against Arkansas, I mean, it's for statistic wise, it is Kentucky made the most. If you're if I'm just telling you this, Kentucky made the most threes in Kentucky history since 2012 in this game. So in nine years, this is the most threes they've hit in nine years. Um they were up eleven with 10 minutes ago or up 11, 10 with 11 minutes ago. Um, and BJ Boston wasn't playing terrible. If I give you those three things, you're thinking, oh, we're probably up by, we probably win. No, we lost by one on a inbound play that went to Oliver Sar that was supposed to go to a guard, but ended up getting stolen and dunked at the last time. I mean, what what is looking good for this team besides – they hit their shots. Well, well, I mean, you took my first good thing uh, that they made shots. Uh, well, <laughs> I actually came away from this game optimistic, which I can't say I've done a lot this season. Uh, you know, defensively we weren't very good, but to me, we gotta win with offense because 
obviously, like, we played pretty decent defense throughout the year, and it hasn't really accounted for much. So if we get in these high-scoring games where we get up and down the court and make threes, and I think that gives us a better chance to win. And I hope Cal saw that and saw how close we got last night, and maybe he'll kind of have a revelation that we need to run our offense through Saar and Boston and then not Saar posting up because that's not going to work. Face the <laughs> basket, get Saar facing the basket, get him open shots, mid-range three, whatever you got to do, and, and let Lance Ware bang in the post, let Isaiah Jackson bang in the post, and let Boston and Saar work outside. And I think that could be a formula that could work for us. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, we got to win four games in the SEC tournament. So, you know, these next six games are just kind of figure out what we want to do and get, get ready for March. So, looking at any player who played over 10 minutes, everybody had at least nine points. Jacob Toppin had nine. Isaiah Jackson had nine. But everybody else, 10, 11, 11, 17, 13. That's, like, really good. Here's somebody who could put up 13, put up 10, is Dante Allen. Where has Dante Allen been? He's been on the bench. Um, You know, we may have a disagreement with this one. I I mean, other than his first two games, I don't think he's really brought that much to the team. And I'm not saying that – because I don't like Dante. Like, I love Dante, I think. He's a defensive liability. He is, he, he is a defensive liability. And when and when he's not, you know, when he's not even shooting the ball, it feels like he's passive in a lot of these situations. But when he's not shooting the ball, I mean, to be honest, he's really – he doesn't bring us anything. And so if he would just have a mental, you know, come to a realization – that I just need to go in there and shoot, which I know, you know, he's defended and he's guarded. But, you know, just get off from shots. Uh, I think that would help his case to play more minutes. And Cal has said it, that he's not playing him because he won't shoot the ball when he goes in. So, if he would just shoot the ball a little bit more, I think he might play a little bit more. If you're thinking about all of, like, what the national media and what me and people like me and you are saying about Cal – I mean, can't shouldn't he already know this? Shouldn't Cal know something that we don't? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, why is this like we make our predictions of why this team's bad. We we say do this, maybe they'll be better. Do, do you think Cal ever hears any of this? Is like, ah, you know what? Maybe this they're right. Or do he just always go with his own plan? I, well, I feel like coaches just by nature are are a little stubborn. But, you know, I think I think Cal is stuck in his ways a little bit, but my hope is that maybe he'll kind of realize that this isn't 2010 and that you got to shoot the ball to win games. And, you know, Cal is paid to know what's going on, but I don't think he knows what's going on right now. I think you can really see how much Kenny Payne really meant to the program. Yeah, I miss him a lot. It's just can they're falling apart, but I it's weird how hopeful I am for the SEC tournament. It's weird. I shouldn't be this like excited. Cuz I mean, if if you're looking at it, they're playing with nothing to lose going into that. Yeah, like 
Uh, well, like, I, uh, hang on, I don't really know how to word it. I'm in the same boat that, that you are because, like you said, we have nothing to lose. So I think we're going to get to Nashville. Cal's, you know, people always criticize Cal and said, well, he just rolls the ball out there and lets them play. Well, I think in this situation, it's actually going to be to the benefit team to just roll the ball out there and let them play. And I hope we'll have a more fast-paced style. And, you know, it's going to be four games in four days, and let's see what happens. I think it's going to be a very good four days. And, we'll, I mean, this team is no deep March team, but, I mean, anything can really happen. And imagine, just imagine at Kentucky wins the SEC and then goes to maybe the Sweet 16, maybe the Sweet 16. I mean, imagine that comeback from Cal and that, like, shut up to everybody who ever said we couldn't do it, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, like, in my eyes, that scenario would be a successful season. I mean, given what's happened throughout the regular season and COVID and all that stuff, if, if like, we're able to somehow win the SEC tournament and make it, you know, past the first weekend, I would consider that a success. And, um, I mean, wouldn't it be just hilarious if we got into the NCAA tournament below 500? <laughs> that would be that would be the funniest thing. I mean, not just below 500. You're sitting, like, on rock – like, bedrock 500. <laughs> You're so far down. But that, that would be funny. I mean, that would be – that would be a good – middle to 2020 but we'll see um another seed kentucky playing one seed gonzaga and like we take them out in the first round that'd be hilarious i don't know if they'll put us at a 16 seed but i could definitely see us like a 12 13 yeah um how about uh terrence clark ugh um do you think he wants to play do you think he's pulling like a hamadou diallo no no, uh, I think he's hurt. Um, I know a lot of people think he's faking it or, you know, he doesn't want to play and Cal's protecting him. I, like, I tend to give people the benefit of the doubt. So I'm going to err on the side of he's hurt on this one. They they came out and said that Terrence Clark cried when they gave him the news he's out four more weeks. I mean, this injury wasn't supposed to last more than, like, two weeks, right? Yeah. I'm confused on what he's doing that he's definitely still playing and he heard it again and he doesn't want people to know. I mean that's that's my that's my conspiracy theory. So, all right, so you think he was hurt and then he got better and then he got hurt again? Yeah, that's what I think happened. And then he didn't Cal didn't want to say he was still practicing and he wasn't resting like he should have. And so that's all we know. Well, I mean I mean to be fair, I think that's that could be what happened because, I mean, he played a couple games where, you know, they were saying he was hurt and he kept playing. Uh, like that Louisville game, he played and they said, well, he's hurt, but he is going to play. And uh, he came out and played and, like, didn't play very well. And I'm pretty sure that the Louisville game was the last time we saw him. I think so. It's been so long since I feel like I've seen him play. <laughs> Gosh, I do miss him, but I mean, 
do we got any anything else that from the two UK the UK's future and UK game you want to talk about? Anything else? I feel like we covered a lot of it. Um, I mean, I think we covered it too. But I will say this, uh, you know, since we didn't do that weekend show, uh, that that Tennessee game was a disaster. I mean, we were up what ten or like eleven with eleven minutes to go, and then from there it just went downhill. Uh, to me, you know, if we had just won these two games, I mean, and we should have won both in my opinion. You know, you're up Tennessee by 10, and then you're hitting all these threes and stuff against Arkansas. you got to find a way to win those games. And if we did, I think we'd be feeling a lot better about ourselves right now. Winning, I think we would too. I think this team can make a comeback. Well, I pray they can make a comeback. They will these next four, these next six games. If we win three of the next six, I'll be content. Three of the next six. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, what? I mean, we just predicted that they'd win at least three, didn't we? I think so. What Vandy, Auburn, and Ole Miss, right? Yep. Yeah. So, so. if we go five hundred over these next six games and go into the SEC tournament as a 9-10 seed, then, you know, here we go. Like, let's play. It's going to – I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Um, there'll be a lot – that'll – the SEC tournament's coming up probably in two weeks. That'll be good. We'll be able to post game and pregame that also. That'll be a good time. Yeah, that'll be exciting. Uh, anything else? Um, you know, kind of bum the NFL season's over. But – I am too. I really am too. But like, I am excited for the off season because I think there's going to be a lot of movement with quarterbacks and you know, like a lot of high profile players going to new destinations. So I think it'll be exciting. Deshaun Watson saying he wants to leave and the coaching staff saying we're not trading you is a classic. And Deshaun Watson is going to win every time because I mean, it's it's like a Zeke situation. It's uh, I'm trying to a Dak Prescott. I think he did that where they they hold out and they can't do anything but trade him. Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately he'll get traded, uh, and I don't know where he'll go, but I think that Vikings, Vikings, Vikings. <laughs> I mean, I guess anything's possible, and you get Deshaun Watson up there with Justin Jefferson and. Adam and Dalvin Cook, Kyle Rudolph, Irv Smith. I mean, now, now, if of course you need a defense, but which we don't have, we won't get anytime soon. Hey, <laughs> as far as that goes, like we're in the same boat with the Browns and and Vikings, but, you know, but that's a story for another day, I guess. Yeah, um, that that's gonna be fun for the next few weeks to be able to see NFL offseason take place, trading this and that, and. Yeah, we'll have a lot to talk about then. Well, Braden, I appreciate being on again. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, I always enjoy it. I feel like we're, you know, this is what, episode number four where I've been on? I think so. It's four or five. And, you know, uh, and like, and like I've really come to love it. I mean, it's, it's fun to sit down and talk. I, I like it. Especially since, I mean – I used to get my sports takes out on the uh, at the lunch table, and I don't get that luxury anymore. I feel to go to. That's what, you're right. That's one of the like uh, you know socially, you know socially speaking, that's one of the things I miss most about school. 
you know, us going to the lunch table and talking about, you know, what your thoughts were on the weekend's games, you know, coming back on a Monday and talking about what happened that Sunday in the NFL. Like, I miss that more than anything, really. I miss when it was the Lamar Jackson, his MVP season, and AJ, you know AJ, right? Yeah. We used to, I used to just make fun of him the entire time because I, I'd never thought that, that, I knew that was a good team, but I knew it wasn't going to be a playoff team. And every week I would just slam and be like, hey, you might have won this week, but just wait to the playoffs. And then that's when they lost in like the second round of the playoffs. Oh, that's, oh. Funny. Yeah, that's funny. And uh, I was at, uh, you know, this was a while back, freshman year, I was at the lunch table with Cameron, Lay, and uh, Landon Trammell, who who were, of course, both big Packers guys. <laughs> of course, the Packers were going to NFC title games and, you know, winning football and Aaron Rodgers. And I was, like, on the other side of the table, like, as a Browns fan, going 1-15 with Deshaun Kaiser and, and going 16. So, I, I, I'm happy that, you know, at least now I can talk and not feel like I'm, like, football poverty. Um <sighs> I used to feel. I feel like the the Vikings stay middle of the pack every once in a while. We beat the Saints in the playoffs and screw up Sean Payton's day. But <laughs> being, being a Vikings fan has its highs and lows. Of we're just happy Dalvin Cook gets in the Pro Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And I'm happy he's on my fantasy team. <laughs> but yeah, that's wrapped up. Um, I appreciate everybody listens. It actually really means a lot. The the time that people take out of their day to listen, it really means a lot. And um, Braden, any, any last words? Uh, I don't think so, except for I'm um, looking over my TV and pardon the interruptions on it. Kentucky's getting ready to come up, so they're probably going to trash talk it. <laughs> oh, we'll see. All right. Thanks, everybody listened. Um, We out.